This is Neijing Now, prioritizing well-being. Neijing is the vitality that shields us from disease. Neijing Now, placing and taking responsibility for the health of the individual and the planet. From molecular biology to global ecology, from political socioeconomics to psychology and spirituality. Neijing Now, demystifying medicine, empowering host resistance. We can be found on the web at neijingnow.org. N-E-I-J-I-N-G-N-O-W.org. I'm Dr. Jayshree Chandar, and I welcome you to another opportunity for exploring Neijing Now. I'm speaking with Mr. Uday Kotari. He's a serial entrepreneur and software engineer in Pune, India. I'm speaking to him from the beautiful lobby of the Conrad Hotel. Welcome to Neijing Now. Thank you. Nice meeting you, Jayshree. Mr. Kotari, tell me a little bit how you came about developing an application for measuring sound levels in the environment. As you know that the India and Pune in general, there are a lot of festivals, especially in the season of Ganpati. There are a lot of processions and there is a lot of noise. And in general, uh, there is a noise level has been very high. And I read a report about like you know, some of the policemen, the auto rickshaw driver, how their listening ability has been reduced over the period of time. It was attributed maximum to the noise pollution in the city. People don't really take it very seriously. So I came out with an idea, why can't we use the Android phone? Practically every Indian carries a smartphone, Android base, to measure the noise level. I mean, that was easy. That was Technically, it was not challenging. But the interesting thing that I thought came up with is that how can we make it like a community project in the sense that if you have a more number of people, people are traveling the different parts of the city. And as they travel, the sound or the noise level will get automatically recorded in their phone. They don't have to turn it on or off or look at it, the phone all the time. And in the background, it will, with the permission, they can actually share that data with the server. It's like a crowd contributing to the measuring the uh, noise pollution level. Exactly. So that's the beautiful thing about what you've developed here. First, there's a few points that you've made, and I, I'd just like to sort of comment on them. The first is that the baseline ambient noise level in India is high. It is just a constant. Even here, we're in this beautiful hotel, and there's a lot of noise. <laughs> there's a background music. There's a you know banging of this and banging of that. Uh, it's really actually very hard to find a quiet place in India. And then when you go out on the streets, just on a normal day, forget about the festival days, people are honking their horns, the auto rickshaws have no mufflers on them, the trucks are loud, the buses are loud. And really there's this habit in India of using honking as a means of communication on the road rather than just following the lanes, following the rules, and using your eyes, turning your head. People honk even when there's no cars around. Yeah, there's no need even to honk actually. It's just kind of like they're announcing to God, okay, I'm here, don't forget about me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
And, and yes, there are lots of studies on the health impacts of ambient noise levels, the stress, the tension, the hypertension. There's plenty of data out there. So I really appreciate that you went about making this app because when I was looking for the data from the Maharashtra Pollution Control Board, they do have noise pollution on their agenda. But in the major metropolitan cities, they measure it two days of the year. That's right. They take a Sunday and a Monday and they measure the average ambient noise levels in silent zones, uh, residential zones, uh, industrial zones, and commercial zones. The Environmental Protection Act of 1986 in India did set limits on those decibel levels. And what I can see in Pune is that even on a Sunday, even in the silent zone, those limits exceed the limits. So then when we get to festivals like Ganesh Chaturthi and uh, Diwali, then we get incessant firecrackers, non-stop firecrackers for at least a full week. The noise level is just abominable, actually, and I, I actually feel a bit shell-shocked, to be honest. Yeah, that's correct. That's right. Over the years, this noise level has been actually increasing as people started earning more money and there is a more and more disposable income. People are actually spending more money on crackers and the the number of vehicles has been very, very high. Pune city actually has the maximum two-wheelers in the country. You know, 2.3 million two-wheelers. Two-wheelers two are, are like motorcycles and scooters. That's right. The fact that there's a large number of scooters and motorcycles, what, what does that mean for noise pollution? Uh, because everybody honks. Okay, yeah, because everybody's honking and they're weaving in and out of traffic and just letting other people know that they exist. It's a running, so the engine noise and the honking, that actually makes it more very, very noisy. Actually, that's true. The motorcycles especially are very loud, but I find the auto rickshaws even louder. You know, the auto rickshaws in Pune are maybe around 55,000 in the whole city. Compare that with like, you know, almost like a, over 2 million two-wheelers. So there's a huge difference. That's very true. So the fact that the state government is only measuring the ambient noise levels on a Sunday and a Monday in December, and then they do measure it on, on Ganesh Festival and Diwali Festival, and they've been doing so for many years, and they always come out with a report that says that it's too high. It doesn't look like anything's actually being done to control those levels. Correct. Like this year, now the Supreme Court actually announced that a firecracker cannot be sold in the residential areas. In Delhi? Even in Mumbai, even in Pune, you cannot sell. Oh, okay. Well, you can buy somewhere else. You can buy somewhere else, but uh, it becomes a bit harder, like, you know, for somebody to travel, like, you know, a couple of kilometers to just to buy the cracker. But then people take it in a totally different way. People consider that it is, like, overstepping on their religious right, like a Hindu. The irony of it is, when Ram, Lakshman, and Hanuman conquered Sri Lanka... They did it with bows and arrows. They didn't do it with ammunition and gunpowder and bombs, right? So clearly, they didn't have that at that time. And when they came back to Ayodhya on the occasion of Diwali, which is part of what the celebration is about, they were welcomed with diyas, right? These clay earthenware with oil lamps and cotton wicks. Traditionally, there was no firecracker involved in the festival. This is, has to be a recent addition to the festival. It has to be less than 100 years old. Yeah, probably. So the attachment to a tradition that is a less than 100 years old for a celebration that has been going on for thousands of years is kind of illogical. Illogical, but then everything gets linked up with the politics. Politicians make the issue of anything and everything. 
whenever there is like you know such rule they try to link it up with the religion they try to link it up with the sentiments of the people it is shown as if like the government is trying to overstep on the people's fundamental rights there's a fundamental right that comes before religion and that is breathing when you are born you are given the right to breathe clean air when a certain segment of the population is polluting the air without the collective permission of the entire population the people who are not participating in their religion are being subjected if you have a religious custom where you are doing something in the privacy of your own home and not impacting somebody else or doing it in the privacy of your own house of worship temple mosque whatever that's fine but when you're imposing it on everybody else then that's uh, you're overstepping the fundamental rights of somebody else yes that's correct in india with like uh, everything gets connected with the politics and the ultimately the vote bank and the election and other thing we need to create an awareness so it can be only solved by creating an awareness in the people there's several aspects there's awareness there's data collection there's civic action political action i mean there's a lot of different levels of engagement so what's great about your app is that it actually is addressing the data collection and maybe there's an, a level of awareness for the individual participating and the people who are in the community of app users what's the value of collecting data in a in a decentralized manner the real value is even if like you know 100 people in each city they participate in this kind of a program you are collecting a huge amount of data on a daily basis all the time 24 hours a day and that data gets actually centrally collected and it becomes really a big data so basically you're increasing the sample size huge sample size so one of the things that makes a study powerful is that you have a huge number of data points for example if i say oh it's noisy in this one neighborhood and it's noisy in two neighborhood and then i draw a conclusion about the whole uh, whole city that's not as powerful of a statement as if i have data from 25 places in the city or 100 places in the city and then i draw a conclusion about the city correct that's correct that's correct the power of your app is that it increases the power of the data that's correct actually people get shocked i mean some people then responded back to me saying that we were shocked we didn't know that like you know by doing such simple thing we are actually adding so much noise or we get exposed to so much noise i know one person who contacted uh, me uh, some time back he travels almost 25 kilometers from his home to workplace actually we could show him the noise map on his path that he was taking and after 15 days he was astonished to see that how many places there were red zones how many places were there yellow zone how many places were the green zone which indicates the quieter places okay kind of places and the noisy places and he was shocked to see that and he said oh my god so it's basically creating that awareness because people they don't even know what happened partly you get desensitized to noise like if you once you move to uh, close to a railway station in the beginning you notice the trains coming and going coming and going or you live near a airport it starts to become background noise and you just kind of like but the impact on your eardrum is the same the eardrum doesn't know 
It's just the cognitive aspects of your mind shift a bit to what you're focusing on. So yes, having numbers, having data really does help your level of awareness. So you've collected some data for over a year now, and uh, what's happening with the data? Are you sharing it with Maharashtra Pollution Control Board? Are there scientists uh, working on it? Are occupational medicine physicians using the data to help uh, advocate for noise control measures? What, what's happening with the use of the data? Unfortunately, uh, I mean, I'm willing to share. I actually analyzed the data, uh, gave it to like some publication like uh, Time, uh, Times of India. Then they published a series of articles uh, based on that data. But it's like you know, a typical uh, newspaper. Once that story is finished, then it dies down. We first need to have a serious set of permanent volunteers. The typical behavior, other than your uh, Facebook or uh, WhatsApp apps, people download, use it for some time, and they just uh, uninstall it because they don't have enough space. They don't have enough storage. They download it, they delete it. And also, I, I don't know how your app works. Do you have to turn it on when you want to measure and then turn it off, or is it just constantly on? No, it is constantly on. It runs in the background. So it's eating up your battery, too? Uh, no, I was extremely careful about so we build a number of techniques in the app so that it uses a very, very less amount of battery. In fact, we, did, we don't use the GPS, but still we capture reasonably accurate uh, location information. So because of that, it consumes a very, very less amount of battery. Great. That was very, very smart of you. All right. So right now, nothing is happening with the data. Because, uh, I mean, this I took as an initiative at a personal level. I said, okay, I'll just put it out. Let us see, like, you know, what happens. Well, that's why we're talking today, because now we need to go to the next level. So the app is called... The title on the App Store is Noise Pollution Monitor. Noise Pollution Monitor. It's free? Yeah, it's completely free. There are no ads. There is no commercial interest. We don't get any money from anybody. Uh, and that's what I said. Like, If you really want to be very serious about it, then you need at least like you know, maybe like a 50 to 100 volunteers per city and they should use the app for extended period of time to actually collect the data and they will share the data from the different part of the city that's when the data has meaning correct all right so this is a call out to people who are listening to uh, volunteer to download the app collect the data and share that's right and we'll see how we can connect you to appropriate people so that your app actually can have more meaningful uses if you were in charge of the the Maharashtra Pollution Control Board, in terms of noise pollution, what are the measures that you think could be taken today or within the next year that would actually impact ambient noise levels, not only on festival days, but every day, to bring decibel levels down to at least within the limits set by the laws of India? We already know it's too loud in India. What can we do to make it less loud? I truly believe that talking about it... It's not enough. We already know. There has to be some measure to like get people to honk their horns less. Auto rickshaw should be required to have musclers. Just telling people isn't going to change their habits. The more people understand the impact of that and how it is good for them, and it's a creating and more and more awareness among the people, so one of the things that I feel, like I notice, is that when people drive, they don't drive by looking. They drive by listening. They actually don't turn 
to look in the next lane before they change lanes. So when nobody's signaling and nobody's turning, the only way the person behind them is going to let them know that they're behind them is by honking their horn. So I think part of the problem is the way that people are trained to drive. I don't know, what are the driver's license uh, examination requirements? It's a, it's, a, it's a useless. So how can we make the driver's license examination meaningful? Unfortunately, there has been a lot of corruption. Anybody uh, get a license actually. You don't have to pass the test? You can, but it's a thing. You appear for the test, but have you really passed? It get totally depends on the officer. How much they're willing to take as a bribe, you mean? I, I'm not, I don't know. So I believe that there is a, some, some kind of a hand in glove between these driving uh, schools and the officer. So they have some understanding that they're going to pass the people from that school because they have a relationship. That's right. People are not even aware of what are the driving rules are. People like, you know, don't turn on their lights uh, in the evening. Uh, people don't give a signal. People honk unnecessarily. They don't even know the basic thing. So, huge problem. That seems like one potential place to address the problem is by at the driving school level. I think the things are changing. More and more fines are imposed. The security cameras are there now. Traffic cameras are there. Like you know, people are sending. Like you know, the cops are watching the the CCTV footage. They are actually sending the notices. They are sending the fine. The cops now have the point of sale machine where they can directly uh, give uh, accept the fine. Earlier they were not able to do that. So the things are changing, but I think it will take some time. One of the things that makes sense to me right now, or the connection I'm seeing, is that when you're saying that the police who are exposed to the constant traffic noise are experiencing hearing loss. Yes, yes. Uh, so they have a vested interest in people not honking so much. And they also have a vested interest in pollution control, noise and air pollution control. Organizing that sector to put pressure on the licensing uh, officers to uh, be strict about who gets a driver's license and who doesn't. There's some potential uh, work that could happen there. That's correct. That's a very good way of... But that's just a one level. Typically in India, the things will always work with a consensus. Imposing anything doesn't work, no matter what you do. No, Indians are, I would call them very free-spirited that way. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> like there's no rules. Azad Hind means do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Azad Hind means uh, free India. Yeah. People actually really did not understand the meaning of democracy. We, as a citizen, pay the huge price for the democracy. Democracy doesn't mean that I can do whatever I like, but there is a huge responsibility that comes with a, being a, a citizen of a democratic country. But people don't understand that. It's like, you know, I'll, democracy means I can do whatever I want. That is not the freedom. That is not the democracy. Beautiful. We're very well said. Very well said. I appreciate that very much. Great. Thank you. Well, Mr. Kotari, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Uh, really have enjoyed this conversation very much. It's been very interesting. I really appreciate your work, and I also really appreciate your approach and your sentiment. You did it on a completely non-commercial basis. You're participating in society in a, in a very meaningful way. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Dashri. Thanks. It was a pleasure talking to you. That was Mr. Uday Kotari, founder of Mint Technologies and creator of the Noise Pollution Monitor app, available free uh, on Google Play for Androids. We're talking with him from the Conrad Hotel in Pune, India. 
I'm Dr. Jayshree Chandler, creator of Naging Now, a podcast about prioritizing well-being, on the web at nagingnow.org. Naging Now is independent and entirely listener-supported. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give it a thumbs up, share it with your friends, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and donate generously. Your support is essential to keep Naging Now alive. Naging Now is written, recorded, edited, produced, and distributed by Dr. Jayshree Chandler, website by Takahiro Noguchi, Tabla and Manjira played by Jaisi, compositions from Pandit Swapan Chaudhary, bass guitar by Pedro Ordonez, drum set by Jesse Garcia, multi-instrumentalist Dave Rosenfeld, concluding poem by Jaisi. You can find us on the web at nagingnow.org, N-E-I-J-I-N-G-N-O-W dot O-R-G.